Well, hello, friends. I hope you are well, and I hope life is giving you good chunks of sunshine wherever you are. I, as you know, I'm recording this from the Midwest, and many of the surrounding states, and even on the West Coast, we've had some unseasonably different weather all across the region, and I'm speaking for North America. And it's just been interesting to see. And thus far, this has been one of our mildest winters. Um, as I sit here today, and it's like 50 degrees, and we're in March. So I'm really lucky and very grateful because I know there's people all over that are experiencing some just unprecedented weather. So my heart goes out to those. If this is your first time listening to uh, Just Trying to Figure This Out podcast, I thank you and I welcome you for your new listenership. You can listen to any other podcast and you made the choice to listen to mine today. Today, I want to discuss a few things because it's been a while. And let me say this. I have recorded bunches of episodes and I get into a block mode where I don't load in real time. And um, if this episode is choppy, it's only because I wanted to get a message out and I wanted to load it as quickly as possible. I wanted to share um, my thoughts about as your life changes, so will your surroundings. And I am going through a lot of different challenges on different levels. And I am noticing that, you know, the things I was able to do before, those things aren't available or I have to do a different approach. And sometimes that takes us out of our comfort zone. But a lot of times I think is well needed for us to grow because if we're still, you know, in the same environment, seeing the same thing, well, how can we grow? And sometimes we need that little dirt, as they call it, to come along and for us to grow and and learn some new things. And I had the wonderful opportunity to have lunch, uh, brunch rather, with my middle daughter. And we were talking about this. You know, she's in her um, young 20s and just getting going in her career and life and you know, a lot of the similarities uh, that we discussed, you know, how it is for work and understanding leadership is basically the same. You know, I just have longer work history than she does, but it's just amazing to see her coming to her own. And what I share with her and I'll share with anyone is that, you know, no life experience we go through is wasted. And I remember I used to get so frustrated um, not too long ago, but I used to feel like there were certain things and people that were a waste of time. And I've learned to change my perspective on it and lean in and learn that even if a situation is similar, there's something that I can learn from it. And I was telling her that, that a lot of times in our lifetime, you know, we'll go through experiences and not really understand why, and we may never know the why. But we can try to use those experiences to help us, you know, as we go along. And one of the previous recordings I did, and I'm kind of out of order here as I'm going to load this episode first, is just talk about how, you know, when people make different life changes and how the outside world becomes a little different. And um, as a former plus size woman and, you know, having a slender body, um, the world is definitely different and people do treat you different. And it's always a lot of times in your own backyard. And what I've learned is not to take on other people's insecurities. 
And that's not just going with body transition. That's with anything, right? If if you get a lavish house or you get a fancy car or you get the dream woman or man or the person, whoever, you know, your significant other is. And sometimes people don't mean to project uh, their issues onto you, but they do. And it's interesting because everywhere I go, people want to talk about fitness. And I love fitness. And this is something I'm diving deeper into um, during my journey. And not just from a personal perspective, but I also want to make it a life goal perspective to help others. And I don't do this in my day-to-day life, try to give people my critique or advice of what they should do to change their bodies. Because one, it's not one size that fits all. And I think that in order to change bodies, you have to change the mind first. And I believe in a holistic uh, approach. And I also believe you can't get well where you were sick at. So you have to do some uh, fundamental changes. And for me, I had to understand the psychology of what I told myself over the years, how I treated myself over the years, and what things would I do different. So I had to become this different version of myself. And this version of myself is slender and she takes the time to make space for her body and she makes it a point to be very mindful of the food choices and she enjoys her food. Uh, She makes sure that she is cognizant of the day, that the day just isn't always getting away from her and she's trying to figure out what her food plan is. And this is something that is still something I have to work through and I'm aware of it. And I think that that's the other thing too. We have to be aware of where we are in our life journey. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we're trying to give advice to others, we truly don't know the whole picture of where they are. And if we get right down honest to it, you know, making any significant change takes a whole lot of work and you have to be consistent. And when you're first trying to do something, it doesn't feel comfortable and it takes a lot of work and it takes time. And I remember for the longest back in the spring of last year when I started my journey, I remember, you know, I was seeing some progress, but it wasn't being shown to the outside world. And I was just on fire about, you know, my new results and how I was tracking forward. And at that time, nobody really seemed to care because it was like, I, I lost a couple of pounds, but nothing significant where people were like, wow, not like they are today. And, um, you know, life just moved on. And sometimes I felt a little defeated at that time. And that was a good lesson for me, too, because you also want to make sure that you are understanding that this is your journey and other people aren't going to look at it the same way you do. They may mean well, but they are in their day to day life. They're seeing you for a snapshot. The body weight that you carry on your body, they're not thinking about it when they go lay down. Only you are. And sometimes we carry the weight of people's opinions on us so much so that it becomes a distraction to the point that we're overly considerate of what other people think. And that's just ridiculous. I mean, when we get right down to it, we have to get to ourselves and say, what's really important for me? And I feel like this is the year of the me because I am not only just doing this in one segment of my life, I'm doing this in all segments of my life. Um, I've changed how I interact with people. And I think a lot of people have noticed I'm a little bit more, um, I'm not as easy to get to and it's purposefully. 
And it's because I'm really mindful of my time and what I talk about. Um, I felt like there were a space and time for me to hold a lot of space and try to champion a whole lot of people, even the couple people I had in my life at the time. And then I realized that this was a time where I was going to have to do a full lift and put the oxygen mask on me and figure out not just from a health perspective where I wanted to be, but also my goals and dreams and aspirations. And as you know, life evolves and changes. You know, you get up one day and, you know, your your goal may be to live in the nice house that's the mini mansion and the next goal may be to get the Maserati, you know, and, and then maybe six months or a year down the line, you know, you mellow or you decide to get grandiose, you know, it goes either way. But during this process of reevaluation of where I want to be in life, it's given me the space to really kind of hone in on what is my yeses and what's my noes. And I also am at a season where I am not rushing things and people because I also realize now more than ever, things run their course and they happen when they're supposed to. Um, I believe in marriage and I think marriage is a wonderful thing when people are in agreement and both people are getting what they want out of that situation. And I also realized that marriage uh, has different meanings and connotations for different people. And, um, you know, my ultimate goal in the past probably would have been a traditional housewife. And the goal for me at this point in the middle of my lifespan is to be in a relationship where there's interdependency, uh, that we work on still trying to be the best people we can be to ourselves, but also lean into one another and also do all the things that we can do and support each other through in our process. I don't want to feel like I'm taking on another person's stuff. Um, I want people to be able to manage where they are and I want to lend support where I can. And I don't want to be the fix it. And I think that's taken me a long time to really sit back and think about it. And I had to transition this over to my friendships and even for my family. You know, when you love people naturally, you want them to do well and you want them to lean in and be able to express themselves freely where they are. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But you can't control people and what they go through and how they react to life. And I think for a long time, I was so passionate about, you know, some of the choices and things my friends were doing to the point that I was up worrying about their problems and I'm sure they weren't worried about mine. <laughs> and, and, and it's not making them bad people. It just meant that I needed to take some perspective and understand that this is still their process. I can hold space and holding space for someone doesn't mean that you take the problem on and wrestle with it either. So I had to learn some different behaviors because in my previous life, you know, I was the fixer and everyone would call me and I would go over all the problems and we would just talk about all the problems all the time. And I had to take myself out of that equation and say, I want people to come to me other than to vent or the problems of the day. And I wanted people to be self-reflective and wanted them to arrive at some conclusions that would work best for them. Because ultimately what I learned in this journey of life is that a lot of times people just want to talk and they want agreement. 
I know we've all been there where we've given out that advice to someone and they're dating the worst person ever. And we're like, no, break up. And, you know, you're trying to give them all the uh, encouragement and you're talking to them all the time and they're telling you one thing and then the person comes back and they're together and you're just crushed. And I had to realize that I was too that same way. There were so many facets of my life where I'm sure my family and friends were cringing along the way at some of the choices I made. But you know what? They allowed me to make those choices. And I think that's the thing that we have to get to. You know, we have to love people enough that we have to understand that this is what they get to do in their life is to stand up for themselves and to make the decisions that best fit them. And all we can do is support them. And my support may not look the way you want it. And that's the thing I had to also uh, look at too, is that sometimes people want you to show up differently. And sometimes the best that you're able to give may not be what they want at the time. And that has to be okay. You know, I think um, I used to feel this obligation when every time some, some people called me, I always made myself available even when I was tired or it just wasn't convenient. And I think there is something to understanding when people really need to lean in and need to be there. I do think there's exceptions to every rule. But I also realized a lot of times I was making it a constant. And I also realized, too, that, you know, my kids got to mention, got to see me always on the phone with my friends and family and they would be amongst me. And they would get upset. And I know this is normal with kids and significant others where, you know, as soon as you get into an activity, that's when everybody wants you. But what the other thing I realized, too, is that if I worked better at dialing in where they were at, when I would take time for myself, no one would flinch because they knew they would always get the time that they needed. And it made me do some different things. For example, I learned that You know, when my daughter is here visiting uh, home for the weekend, I try to make sure that we do something that she wants to do. She eats something that she wants to eat and we connect. And a lot of times we're able to connect on our car ride because it's about 40 to 50 minutes depending on traffic, just going one way. And I think it's really cool that we can share a lot of good subjects and talk to one another now, especially as she's, you know, getting her feet wet, getting back in school. And I love the fact that, you know, she understands big picture, you know, if she wants to take the next steps, this is a part of those next steps that she has to do. Mom can't fulfill this thing for her. So when I do do things, I don't feel that guilt like, man, I wish I would have spent time with them or I have that part pull, you know, and I don't have it so much anymore. And even with uh, the relationship I'm in now with my guy, You know, I'm at a point of security where I don't take him for granted, but I also realize too that we have, we're people and we get to spend time with ourselves and we get to carve out time for one another. But I also learned that I don't have to overgive to get love. I don't have to keep cooking and cleaning and doing just to have someone say, you know what, I'm connected to you. And when I do things, I do them when I feel like it. And I think that's the key, too, for a lot of us is that we're not doing things out of obligation. We're doing things out of inspiration. And I think when we work from an inspired place, everyone benefits. Everyone can feel genuinely included and they feel like 
they are supposed to be here and a part of the process. And it's not that internal push and pull that you're going through. Just had something recently where I've been planning this trip to see my oldest daughter. And, um, you know, she basically said, hey, mom, I know you're trying to visit, but I don't know if I'm ready to host. And it was interesting because my other thought was I wanted to take some things off of her plate and not feel like she had to you know, look after mom while I was in town and bless her soul. I know she's going to do it anyway, but you know what? I didn't fight her on it. I did give her information to kind of let her know, Hey, if I come in town, these are the things that I'm going to be doing. And this is how I'm going to conduct myself while I'm there. And it wasn't so much to lay out. I guess it really was like to lay out the expectation, but to give her some information on how I want my trip to go as well. And I think sometimes when we take the pressure off people, they can decompress a little bit and they don't feel as pressured. And, you know, in the next 30, 40 days, she could change her mind or maybe not. But I know that going into this situation, I wanted to make sure that she had the peace of mind and she didn't have to worry about taking care of her mom. And let me tell you, the last time I went to go see her, it was a good trip. But I was totally not in my element and I felt so bad um, for a lot of different reasons. And I said, I had a good time, but the next time I visit, I want to make sure it flows much better. And certain things just happen just because of life. You know, I got to be honest, you can plan for all the things and life will happen and you just have to make the most out of it. I don't regret my trip, but hindsight 2020, I would have done a couple of things differently. And I don't beat myself up over it. Overall, I enjoyed the time. And I think she got a lot of fruit from it, too. And that's the other thing I'm trying to be mindful of, making sure that it's not just the apple that I bite out of, that the apple that the people I'm feeding, that they get something nutritious from it, too. And I don't mean necessarily from a food standpoint, but from a relationship standpoint. You know, people are coming to relationship because we all need to be fed. And a lot of times... What you see happens over time is that a lot of these relationships get to be lopsided and the people who are giving feel used and they feel like, you know, this doesn't feel fair. Or what happens is we do this thing in our mind where we think we're checking all the boxes and we're really not. And I think this is key for a lot of relationships. You know, I talked to my mom and the way she remembers our childhood and the way I remember it, of course, it's totally different, right? And when my mom looks back, she checked the boxes. Did you have a roof over your head? Check. Did you eat every night? Yep. Did you have the things you needed to be successful at school? Yep. And then I can look behind and say, well, my dad wasn't there and the neighborhood wasn't that great. And I didn't get hugged every day, you know, so it's just interesting. And sometimes in life, we're not going to check everybody's boxes. But I do think we have to have some hard conversations sometimes to level set things again. So we are on the same point of understanding, because I think you can bring two adults together and you believe that you guys have a a point of understanding. And then when you begin to talk it through thoroughly, you realize that, oh, no, we we are coming at this from a whole different approach. And I think that's the thing, too, that you realize as you get older. I know for myself is that I don't take communication for granted. 
And I know there's a lot of communication that happens even when things aren't said. You know, a lot of times people think it's all the words, but it's all the things that are not said and the nonverbal cues that come along in relationships that we need to be cognizant of. And why am I saying all this? Because I think everyone needs to take stock at where they are in their lives. You know, as I mention often, you know, we're still at the top of the year, but the months are moving along. You know, we're in March and before we know it, we'll be at the six point mark and it'll be June. And a lot of times we push things to the side, whether it be our health goals, whether it be addressing a loved one, whether it's making a job change or making a change of residence, you know, and a lot of times we just bump along until the record skips in life. And it's like, okay, now I'm called to action. And what I want to impress upon you is that you don't have to wait till there's a call of action. You can come up with some small incremental steps that you can employ to help you get to the things that are important to you and keep them in front of you. And the one thing that I'm really proud of is that I continue through almost, it'll be a full year in April to keep my health goals in front of me. Um, It didn't matter if it was a holiday. It didn't matter if I was traveling. And let me say this, you still are enjoyed. You still can enjoy your life. I, if I wanted chocolate, I had chocolate. If I wanted a glass of wine, I had a glass of wine. I wasn't restrictive to myself that I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go on a diet. I had made up my mind, and I've said this on previous episodes, that whatever exercises I did, that not only I was able to do them in the comfort of my home, but they were manageable, and that if I traveled, I can still do them. So that was the other key thing too. I didn't want to be committed to a building or a piece of equipment if one wasn't available and depending on weather that I would figure out how to get in my movement. The other thing was too that I would take ownership of my nutrition and I wouldn't make excuses because the honest part about this whole thing as adults is that you bring the food in. You either don't bring it in or you do bring it in. And I had to get real about, I wasn't always making my nutrition uh, a priority. On the surface, I would go to the store. And when my daughter was here full time, I would make the grocery list and we would get the things. But I really wouldn't look at that grocery list in a way that really spoke to me. Like, okay, so what's your breakfast looking like, Sean? Okay, what is your dinner time looking like, Sean? You know, what's your snacks? I was winging it. And I noticed when I'm stressed that I have a tendency, just like a lot of other people, to eat the not so great things. I had a stressful moment on work on Thursday because I was off this Friday. And the good thing for me now is that I have a habit of bringing out my vegetables. Those vegetables are in the refrigerator. They're ready to go. Sometimes I dip them in guacamole. Sometimes I dip them in a little sauce. Sometimes I don't. But I got something crunchy, and that's what I crunched on when I was going through some analytical work. And in the past, I would have grabbed whatever. And this was the other thing I noticed about myself, too, when I was evaluating my habits. I have this one particular girlfriend when we're on the phone talking. In the past, we would have these really intensified conversations. And I enjoyed the conversations at the time we were having. And I would just eat. 
it would it would be like the conversations would bring on like, ooh, let me get out whatever said thing in the refrigerator. And I realized that I was getting so engrossed and that was how I was dealing with the stress of the conversation I was feeding myself. And what I began to understand even more is that I needed to make time to eat my food because I was doing it within this phone call. And if I had some better laid plans for my eating, when I was in that stressful moment or what looked like stress to my body, I wouldn't reach for the food all the time. So I think the one thing um, that has worked is evaluating my space, what truly works for me, and to not compromise. You know, with vegetables and fruit being high and some of it is not the greatest, um, I have to be very picky about what I decide I'm going to spend my money on. And I got to be honest, you know, when I would buy bags of apples or bags of tangerines, those would go by so fast. Like either I couldn't eat them fast enough or they would be rotten by the time I got through a few of them. And now I just buy the already pre-packaged cut up fruit. And in my former life, I would have been dead set against it. And I would have said, nope, just buy that cantaloupe, chop it up yourself and put it in a container. And one day I may do that. But I find that most of the chopped up fruit that I'm getting from this one particular grocer does seem to be fresh most of the time. And I haven't had any issues with it. And I get a nice variety of fruit in a container and I know I'm going to eat it. Like there's been a rare occasion that I've not finished the fruit and I've ended up throwing it out. Whereas if I bought a bag of something, I've thrown it out. And so that's the other thing too. You have to evaluate is method over money, what really works for you. And just even with different lifestyle things, right? You know, there are going to be times in your life where, you know, maybe the convenience of having your groceries delivered makes more sense as opposed to spending 40 minutes on a Sunday getting groceries for the week. So I just encourage you to look at aspects of your life that you want to tweak and make sure that when you're tweaking them, you are doing it from a place of efficiency for you. And I know that most of us may live with other people, but I also encourage you to put yourself on the top of the list too. We get to honor ourselves and put ourselves first and get to show people what self-love looks like. And I think all of us need to have the year of the me because it will also enhance the relationships around us. Because when you're from a full cup, when you're pouring from a full cup, you're able to be a benefit to those around you. And that is just phenomenal. And I think that when I'm honest with myself and honest with the people in my life, you know, some of the feedback they may like, they may not like, some of it they may like, but I've gotten to a place where I have to do that because I'm, I'm important and I have, to, I have to look at my sanity and the things that I need as a sense of importance. So I hope you guys get some fruit from this conversation. Definitely take the time to honor yourself And definitely take the time to evaluate what things work for you. And it's still early in the year. We still have time to tweak things. And you never know a year from now what can come about. 
So always, I thank you for your listenership. Namaste, my friends.